Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are listening to Living Within the Sweet Spot. I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker. I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help others deeply partner their life with God, clarify and define their God-given life purpose, and tap into the Trinity with all it offers so that they can reach their dreams higher than they ever thought possible. I lead them to a place where they are empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19.26 The show is broken into six um, parts of my book. And so currently we're on the fifth part and we're working on forgiveness. Each of the six parts has four chapters. They always go in this order. First, we have the problem, the second chapter within that category. So again, forgiveness. Then we look at what the word says, the third um, chapter of each part of the book. So again, forgiveness, we look at what the gift is. So first the problem, then we consider what the word tells us, the Bible tells us. Then we look at what the gift is, if we still follow what the word says. And last, the last chapter, the last of the four within each section. So our section on forgiveness is the choice. We ultimately have free will and we need to kind of get ourselves to the place where we step in, where we completely go all in and make a choice to follow what the word says. That is where the blessings come, and that's where the problems no longer are problems. They end up elevating, we end up being elevated to new places through the Trinity. All right, so let's go ahead and let's start looking at the gift of forgiveness. That's what we're in chapter 19. It's all about the gift that we have by using God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to forgive, to be freed, to offer this grace to each other. I really like to think about it. In terms of like our bodies, it's really, with these fleshy bodies, it's really hard for us to forgive people sometimes, forgive ourselves sometimes for big things that we've done. But it's when we let ourselves live in this sin, that's where we really go wrong. We can call on God and it's not too hard for God to help us to forgive. But it's when we continue to stay in the sin or live in the sin or dwell in the sin or get stuck in and and that's what the word foothold means. And that's what we don't want. So let's figure out, you know, exactly what the gift is. If we do what the word says, what are we going to get? I like to think of the word forgiveness and free will going hand in hand. Now, we know as followers of Christ that all we have to do is ask and we'll be forgiven. We know that Jesus has already forgiven us. Before we even did our sin, he forgave us. It didn't matter how big or little our sin was, he forgave us. Think of Matthew 7, 7 and 8. One might not consider this to be a particular verse you put on the topic of forgiveness, but for me, it's really essential. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So let's break this down. And and how do I, in the book then, use this ask? seek, knock, to help us get to this place where we're really able to forgive others, even ourselves. So first of all, if we look at ask, we need to remember that we do not need to be anxious about anything. When we, when we are trying to take it all on ourselves, it seems too much. Um, when we have to forgive, um, we've been hurt. Um, it's too hard sometimes to forgive when we've really been hurt by someone else. But that's why we reach out. That's why we call on God. That's why we reach um, to the, the Trinity, all of them. So think of Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanks, present your request to God. 
All we need to do is ask when we are in these places where we feel like we can't forgive someone or when we feel like we've done something wrong ourselves and we can't forgive ourselves, we need to stop being anxious, stop running it around in our head. It doesn't matter what it is in every situation by prayer and petition with even thanksgiving, we put our requests to God. So that's easier said than done. How do we do this? How do we kind of step into this place where we really feel good about seeking God or I mean asking God and going to God and um, putting our requests upon God? So I do this in a way that you will look at five different C's. So I, I call this in a free coaching tool, the five C's, but I want you to, to consider all these words. The first one is conscious. The second one is capable the third one is control, the fourth is captive, and the fifth is clear. So first of all, let's take conscious. So why is it important that if we're going to be asking, um, why do we need to be looking at how conscious we are? Well, I want us to be aware and conscious of what is God's work and what is Satan's work and what's rattling around in our heart, mind, and soul. Are we focusing? Are we believing? Are we replaying, which means living in, um, the things that are coming from a little g-god? Or are we looking to God, our, our trinity? So how we know that is um, self-doubt, um, loss of control. Uh, all these things is from Satan. They, they, they are not of God. God does not make us have self-doubt. God, um, Satan does that. He wants to pull us away from God. If we doubt ourselves and start to think we're not worthy, we're farther away from God. That's the goal. So we have to be very aware of what's running around in our heart, mind, and soul and name it. Call it out so that you can be more aware than to replace it with what you know is good and right. God is a God of unconditional love. That's what, If that's what's going through your mind, if every time you have a thought that seems sort of self-deprecating and you remember some of the sin that you've done or somebody else has done, you need to quickly turn to God and have him replace it with what, is you, what you know is truth, which is God loves you just the way you are. And grace, which is grace that you give another person when they're, they're not performing well and they've maybe hurt you. Okay, the second one is capable. So God is capable. When you are not, because you are made of flesh and it's hard for us to be perfect, right? So when you are not capable, God is. God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful and always around. So honestly, if we don't have the power of God with us, it's because we're not calling on it. The third one is control. How does this reflect? Well, it keeps our focus on God, on the relationship versus on the behavior. We can't control other people's. That's why we end up not progressing through forgiveness and we get stuck because we're waiting on the other person. We're waiting for them to say sorry. We're waiting for them to um, get their due punishment. We're waiting for them who knows what. But that is how we gain self-control. One of the fruits of the labor is through leaning on God and focusing on the loving relationship that we get from God. Captive is the next thing. I want you to remember that you have to hold your heart captive while you wait. The thing is, when you um, embrace and fall into and, and welcome in uh, forgiveness, it's not like you always instantly are just healed. You sometimes have to step into it and walk into it and live in it and, and keep going. And, and that takes a lot of blind faith and patience. And so hold captive your heart as you wait on the Lord but you wait expectantly. Then the last one is clear. Make your requests clear. So this is tricky. Some of us are, you know, we're, our faith is in different places, and that's okay. But the more you step out in faith, the more you act on your faith or on your belief, and then it comes to um, fruition, and you give God the glory, and you say thanks, then the more inclined you are to do it again and again and again, and so your faith grows. If you're new and you're at the beginning of this, it's really hard 
to be bold and to step out in faith, but you need to make your request clear because God says, if you believe, I'll do it. You just have to ask. But do we ask? Do we really ask boldly for what we want? The next thing, and, and surrender. I mean, honestly, just clearly surrender every little piece. Okay, the next thing is seek. So we've done the ask. So the five C's, you're going to be conscious and capable and controlled and captive and clear. The next thing is to seek. So listen to this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. We all love that verse, right? So many of us use that. But then what is the next verse? Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Well, that's something that we don't always think about is that second part. We just want to leave it at this beautiful plan of God having this plan for us, right? But there's a second part. And that's where we need to actually go out and do, and we have to seek, and we have to do it with all of our heart. So let's look at that then. Um, you, you'll notice that the transition word between these verses is then. So first there is a plan, and God declares it, and it's already written for you, but then because of that, so now you have blind faith. You don't know the plan, but blindly you're going to have faith. And it says, then you will call on me, you will come and pray to me, and then he says that he will listen and that you will seek him with all your heart. So I like to think of see, I wrote this in my book, you see it and you seek it or vice versa. You seek it and then you see it. I don't really know. Is the chicken before the egg or not? The point being is that lots of times our faith is too small for what we really know we need to be stepping into. And that's what we mean by blind faith. You just have to take the actions that you know God wants for you and trust. We talk a lot about Romans 12 too, where you, you know, you, with all your heart, you know, you kind of move in this, but there's, there's um, this action that is at the tail end of this verse that says, you know, that you will step into the will, that you're not going to test your God. You're not going to test God's understanding. Or, I mean, you're not going to test God's will that he has given you. You're going to actually test your understanding of the will that God has given you. So you're being transformed by the renewing of your heart. So you're seeking him and he's transforming you by the renewing of your heart. But then it's saying, you know, you don't necessarily, you're still doing this. You don't necessarily know what that will is, but you're going to go out and you're going to do it anyway. So I like to um, also think of God, of 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 because it talks a lot about us being blinded. Um, unbelievers are blinded and they're not able to see the gospel and they're not able to have dis, um, to display this glory through Christ. And that's a scary thing. All of us are at different places. So we're able to see um, some of us more than others. And the idea is that we're constantly growing. And to step out in blind faith helps you to grow. And slowly then you begin to see more light. And slowly you begin to understand more of the gospel. And slowly more of you becomes God and light and, and less of whatever that sin was. Wholehearted seeking is something altogether different that I love to talk about. We don't want any halfway prayers, right? Wholehearted seeking. It says that. And then when you find me, you seek me with all of your heart. So no halfway prayers. No halfway confessions. If you've done something wrong, spill your guts. Confess it all. And no halfway stepping out. Go to the Holy Spirit and let him help you step out. Last, we have knock. And so knock comes into play here by action. Let's face it. Knocking is a physical thing you do. Ask, that's not, not physical. Seek, kind of, I mean, you're looking. Um, but knocking is what you physically have to do. And so think about that. When you do this, you sort of draw in. When you knock, you knock physically, and then you draw in and you listen. 
So it's not just enough to pray. You have to run while you pray. And that's where that Romans 12, 2 comes again. Um, you test your will, your understanding of the will. Just go ahead. If you're partnered with God, don't have fear because he's there redirecting you and helping you each, uh, each and every way. Also with the knock, what do you do? You knock and then you tilt your head in and you listen because you kind of expect to hear footsteps. That's the kind of knock, that's the kind of action I want to see is where you expect God to do his part too because you have so much faith, blind faith maybe. You keep your mind alert, like on Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on your new self created in the true or in God and true righteousness and holiness. And, and also, lastly, I just want you to remember that you are forgiven and good, abounding God. This is about God. You are forgiven and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. All right, I think this is a wonderful place to leave. This is pretty much how I sum up chapter 19 on forgiveness and living within the sweet spot. Please come back after the break because we have our awesome guest, Alex Seeley, with us. I will talk to you after the break on living life within the sweet spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. This is a great day for me because today we are going to be interviewing in our middle section, Alex Seeley. She is the author of TaylorMade, and those of you who are looking at the live stream, this is her beautiful book. I wish you could. I actually have it on Kindle, so I listen to it, and then I also have it here. So, um... Yeah, we're going to be focusing on Chapter 8. We're going to get into that more. But I want you to know a little bit more about Alex. Uh, I could read your bio, but it gets a little boring when we just read on TV. So um, go ahead, Alex, and share with us a little bit about TaylorMade, the book that just came out, I think, in uh, uh, April. Mm-hmm. You can tell us more. And then also your company and how it came to be. It's a beautiful story. I want people to know about that. And then I'm just going to, before you even start, is I'm going to say thank you. Okay? 
My pleasure. Well, it's so good to be with you. And um, so, yeah, TaylorMade came out this year in, on April 24, and it's been a long-awaited dream um, for me to release this book because it's really my life story. Um, but uh, it was kind of the perfect storm and the perfect timing to bring it out as we have been uh, planting a church for the last four years here in Nashville, Tennessee, which was kind of an accidental uh, church plant uh, we hadn't really ever thought that was what was going to happen but we just saw many many people gather in our basement um, just friends and people that would invite their friends and a move of God really took place uh, that was beyond our control you know the Bible speaks about how God brings the increase and he builds his church and I think the beauty of it was that we really were just fulfilling a need and facilitating what God wanted to do. And so eventually we realised it was a church about a year into it and um, we called it The Belonging Company. And um, most people go, well, that's a strange name for a church. But um, it was just, a, I've been a pastor for 24 years and um, part of a great church in Australia. But what I tend to tend to find is that churches sometimes can become a little bit mechanical and a little bit like uh, a business and so the irony that we're called the company is hilarious because the actual original word company means uh, friendship and it means soldiers who fight together it's a military term and so we just thought it was fitting that um, we called it the belonging, a place where you belong before you believe, but where we fight together and break bread together. And so the church is flourishing four years in, we've got 4,000 people and we're loving life. Yes. Now I, um, I, I know you because I've been reading up on you and watching videos. You got you all listening, really get to her website. I've got somebody who's on our Facebook feed, who's posting her website. Please go to it and check it out, get her book and all that, all that jazz. But I watched, I don't know if it was, 700 Club or some interview that you had done where your um, passion really came out of love, right? Right? That was the, the moving force. And when I first came, um, you know, found God deeply committed to God, I was holding my baby and it was yeah. too out of love that just got me to this place where him and I connected and talked yeah. and stuff. So when, when I knew that was your driving force, I'm sure that's many people's, but it just really touched me. And I, I think that's beautiful. I'm sure the people can feel it. And that's why it's now 4,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead then and talk a little bit now about chapter eight. Yeah. So, you, you know, you tell us what is written in that chapter, kind of the premise of it and why you even included that, you know, in your book. Well, I think it's actually the crux that brings the whole transformation of freedom. And the reason why it's in chapter eight is because there's a journey to our wholeness and our freedom. And you can't forgive immediately. I think you have to have revelation of being forgiven and understanding that we, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, we have no rights to hold on to unforgiveness because we committed the ultimate sin and that was pushing God out of the equation, saying we can do it our way. And yet he died for us while we were yet sinners. He, he didn't even wait for us to say sorry. He did it before we said sorry. And um, so, you know, you get to that place in your journey. We've all got hurt. We've all got wounds. We've all got things that we feel justified in holding on to because my area of unforgiveness was the fear of if I forgive you, then that gets you off the hook and I'm still left with all the pain and you get off scot-free. That didn't seem fair to me. But what I realised in that, that chapter when I did sit down in my bedroom and, and the, the Holy Spirit just revealed the whole section of when Jesus is standing there before all these people that he healed, that he set free, that he, you know, did so many good things for, they're, they're standing there going, crucify him. And he's not justifying himself. He's not retaliating. And yet he goes to the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I'm telling you, it wrecked me from the inside out. And when he said, I can't forgive you if you won't forgive others. Like, I don't hear you. So you, you've got no right. So at that moment for me, that was the healing that took place. And I was around 21, 22 years of age. And it's the thing that transformed me from being a Christian to being a true follower of Christ that realized that I am 
I'm owned by God and that I actually have no right. So I think that's the crux of the whole book and it's smack back, bang right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I really like how boldly you speak of this because, and you even I like how you, you know, reference yourself to being a Christian beforehand. Um, you know, I think I use different words, but I totally get this because I just feel like you're either stepping into it, you're either walking it, or you just simply know it. And I mean, I think that's great. Uh, people listening, I don't ever want to turn anyone off. You know, you, you guys who are listening and it's growing every week and I'm so grateful and, and I don't ever want to judge or anything, but the thing is there's so much more for you and there's so much more for all the people that God has waiting for you. If you can really step into everything and all the, all the, this is the gift. This is the week we're talking about the gift. And yes, that's awesome. Okay. So Alex, then the next thing that I wanted to ask you was I, I, I love how you encourage readers and you talk about justification and sanctification. I, I love that. And can you share with the people listening kind of your heart behind splitting that up and making sure we understand that? Yeah. And sometimes they're big Christian words that we take for granted and we don't understand them, but they're actually very powerful words. And the thing about our sinful nature is there's nothing we can do to be saved. There's nothing we can do to attain um, heaven um, and, and restoration with the Father. We broke that at the fall and we were the ones that fell short and the wages of sin are death and the gift of God is eternal life. And so this justification that Jesus, in order for there to be the forgiveness of sins, there needed to be the shedding of blood of the perfect lamb and that is Jesus. And so his blood justifies us before the, the eyes of God. So all we have to do is receive justification. That's the easy part. And I like to put it in these simple terms. It's, as, it's just as if we have never sinned. And that we have to take by faith because I think we take a long time to forgive ourselves for the things we've done. But if Jesus can justify us and literally say, as far as the East is from the West, that's how far your transgressions are from me, then we need to appropriate that justification. But what Christians don't realize that there is a process of sanctification and that sanctification is the process in which we're becoming more like Jesus, the process of growing from glory to glory, the process from going from, you know, just an infant baby Christian to a full disciple of Christ. And that sanctification actually enables us to be who we were always meant to be. And so the very purpose of who we are, we're being sanctified and made right in the sense of, oh, I'm changing. And so if your salvation experience isn't changing, then your sanctification has taken a bow out and you have to <laughs> keep moving. So that, I hope that helps. It really does. And I kind of like your, you, you don't really let people off the hook. No, no. So, yeah, you're, you're gracious and sweet and all, but yet you're kind of like, this is the facts. So <laughs> it's so, your freedom. It's your freedom. It is. It's very important. Okay. So, um, I, I guess I, my challenges as I'm listening to this, I think, you know, other people who are listening, this, this happened to me just hearing her talk is thinking to myself, you know, I, I'm all in. I know Jesus died for me. I mean, I can tear up at, at, at the thought of it when I need to. <laughs> but am I being sanctified and that that doesn't end? So I challenge you to think on that, you know, am I comfortable? Yeah. And if I'm really comfortable, I dare you. I dare you to step out, um, ask, seek, knock. What's, what's God yeah. calling you to do? And I mean, I think of you, you know, now you're leading this church in another country. You didn't even really know why you were supposed to come here, right? You just moved right. because you felt like God told you. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So who, no, what, job, no, who, no prospects, nothing, no friends. No. Literally picked up our whole family and moved here. And yeah. Just landed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, who knows, you guys, it's a challenge. What, what might yeah. be God calling you to do? Okay. So then now we still have a little bit of time. So let's go ahead and think about the idea that thousands, no millions are listening to you. 
And if you had, I mean, just close your eyes and imagine their spirits all over. Like what would be one thing that you would really want to share with them? And it really doesn't need to be on the matter of forgiveness. Anything that you really want to make sure people know. Oh my goodness. If I could just say one thing is that God being Jesus is for you. He is so for humanity that he is not against you. He is for you. And I think we have a very warped idea of God and his judgment. And I'm telling you, he took care of it through Jesus. And he loves us so much that he says nothing, nothing you do, nothing you say, nothing you, nothing can separate you from his love. So he's for you and you need to grow in relationship with you. He's not the bad guy. The enemy is the bad guy. He is for us. And so I challenge all of us to get to know him relationally, not through a veneer of religion, but through relationship. Open the word, get some books and and discover who he is. I love that Nikki said, seek, you know, and find me, knock and the door will be open. I'm telling you, anyone who seeks him will, will find him and he is for you. And I think sometimes that just dispels all the fear that he's against us, not he is for us. Yeah, um, you can remind me of the verse that's from the east to the west. Um, you know, I know we're always kind of talking about no matter what, as, as much as you can um, imagine, you know, but yeah. But I also think, I don't know why, but every time I do this talk show, I think of that verse because I think of people listening from the East yeah. and the West and, um, and it's yeah. everyone, everyone is included. And yeah. even our people who are non-believers, Christ died yeah. for them. They, I don't want, if somebody's listening, you know, and, or if a family member or friend passes this on to someone who isn't a believer, I'm speaking to you right now, honestly, you are God's child. That's right. And every single person is, and he cannot wait for you to partner up with him. Yeah, and there's, and there's right. so much waiting for you. Okay, so now this last, we are down to about three minutes. Yes. So now I want you to kind of share with us how people can connect with you yeah. and um, just specifically talk about you have a page where people can go listen to you and, yeah. and then also mm-hmm. your book. Sure. So if you want to listen to any of my messages and sermons, we have a website, www.thebelonging.co, and you can go through and listen to any of the past messages. I also have my website, alexseely.com. I love Instagram, so if you want to connect with me through that way, uh, it's just alexseely on Instagram, and uh, reach out, read the book, and tell me how you think and what you're thinking of it and what how it spoke to you, because I love to respond. I talk to everybody on those forms of social media. So I'd love to connect with you all. That's really good. You know, another thing I'm just listening because I'm an author, you could do it if you read her book and and have an opinion on it is go to Amazon and leave a review for her because I'm sure she looks at those as well. Um, Okay. And then um, you're speaking. Uh, That's listed on which website? Just your Um, own? AlexSealy.com. And I think my Facebook uh, list all my um my page there lists all my speaking engagements so yeah i'm starting to travel back up in uh i think it's august or september and go right through to november so you can find me somewhere yeah yeah anyone near me listening if you want to go hit the road and try to track her down i'm going to be doing that so reach out send me a message But all right, we are just sitting here with about a minute left. We'll go ahead and wrap things up. But do not leave us, everyone, because Alex is going to stay with us for the last segment. And that's where we're going to do question and answers. And we have two really wonderful emails that I hope we can shed some light on and give them a little bit of relief. So we stay tuned, come back, and we will see you on Living Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. 
author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. This is Nikki again with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy you are back listening on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. So I mentioned earlier that I'm so grateful Alex is staying on to help us with these few questions, and let's go ahead and get started. So our first question is Megan. So Megan is 17 years old, and she's pregnant. She comes from a good Christian home. She says her dad is a professor at a Christian college, and her mother stays at home. She was homeschooled when she was in grade school. She feels horrible and worries about her baby and what a mess um, her life is. Her dad reminds her of her sins that she's committed, and she knows that she and she cannot stop thinking about the disapproval, and she feels it of herself as well. She does get counseling at her school. And she says, I think this is interesting, my mind, it's working on my mind, but not on her heart. She still has trouble believing um, that anything good will come of this. She keeps replaying her father's condemnation. Um, I deserve it, she says, about her father's condemnation. And my heart goes out to him, too. I mean, we're we're all parents, but um, I deserve it. But at the same time, I don't want to feel hopeless, she says. I worry... um, All this is going to make my baby and I worse. I wish I'd never done this, but I can't go back. Um, Her and her boyfriend do love each other very much. Um, She, I know God will help me, she says, but my thoughts keep focusing on what my dad says. I'm having trouble moving forward, planning or being responsible because I keep dwelling on the past. I'm very smart, she says. I know that it doesn't seem like it, she says, because I, I did this. I'm in this mess, but she says college. Um, from home is something that would be easy for her, she thinks. Her boyfriend's family, they're contractors, and so she feels like um, she would definitely would have jobs, and he, he was going to do that anyway. So, Alex, my heart goes out to her. Before we started this, Alex and I read these, and I got all teary-eyed. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about this child. I mean, 17 is young, but it's not unheard of, and this happens. And we just got done talking about how God isn't the sin. That's us and our flesh. And this is part of life. And we're going to do this. Um, but that dwelling and that living in that place where the condemnation and the I'm not good enough and just focusing on that is not helping. And so I'm going to let you go first. Yep. Um, I'll bring up, you know, things that I think of it as we yeah. go. So. Yeah, and I just want to say that my heart goes out to this beautiful young girl because um, I know this happens so so often. She's not the first person 
to be a young teenage mum. And, um, you know, just right off the bat, the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And the deeds of the flesh, we do them all the time. And sometimes we categorize sin and we think that fornicating and sleeping with our partner outside of marriage and lying or lying is just a little white lie and gossip and slander and, and, you know, oh, murder and all these others, oh, they're up on the top list. But sin is sin. And Jesus actually died for us while we were yet sinners. And that sin was actually separation from God. So right, right from the get-go, she really needs to understand that Jesus does not look upon her with shame. If you think about the gospel where he went and knelt down with the woman who was caught in the middle of adultery, everybody wanted to stone her, but he wanted to save her. And he, he didn't condone her action because he said, daughter, go and sin no more. But he said, I don't condemn you. Neither they don't, they should not be condemning you, so I don't condemn you. And so we need to understand that first and foremost. Your, her dad is just broken and disappointed, and dad's mum say things out of hurt and disappointment, but she is not to take on those words and make them her truth because it doesn't line up with scripture. Yeah, yeah. I knew you'd have a lot to say on this just because, just because I've read your book and it's really good. But um but yes, I too. I think all these things and um and I I think maybe coming to some grace on where your father's at as hard as this sounds. Yeah. But I think that's going to give you more clarity because it seems like the way you wrote that you do understand this isn't so bad. It's yeah. just that you're continuing to replay. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to point out something to you. So I, I wrote, I cl- clipped your email into my notes here. And five times you said, my father, my dad. Yeah. And I want you to remember your father is God. Okay. And so, yes, he's your dad, but he's a man and he's made of flesh and he's doing the best he can. And someday there will be healing and restoration and and all that will be better. But look to your father, look to your father for the healing and the confidence and the love, the unconditional love that you need, because we're imperfect down here. We're screwing up and we're doing the best we can. So the father, the father, the father is something you're seeking. And I say, get your mind focused on God right now and let him heal you. And then maybe the, the, by the home father here on earth can give you some um, glory. Okay. The other thing that I don't know if you've got this in you, these are just coaching things that I'm thinking of, but um, you also seem, I mean, 17, you seem really clear headed to me and you can see where you're off. You just don't want to be there. You, you, you know, and you're writing into a show for help, you know, so I, and, and you say the counseling worked on my mind, but not on my heart. That's a very acute, um, very smart person. So I just think, I wonder if you could write a letter to your father because talking is hard and then it gets, you know, then you have to listen to what the other person says and it gets you going down the wrong path again. But maybe you've tried this, but I would suggest maybe writing him a letter that says you completely understand. You said in here, I know where he's coming from, but, you know, tell him that. And then just say what you wrote here was that your focus is what you want to do is start being responsible, moving forward and planning for the future and say that you're going to be seeking God and the Trinity, all of them, all three of them for help doing that. And then I think, I think that will help, but it's just my advice. Um, All right. So we are, let's look at the clock here. Yeah, we used about half of our time. We're going to go ahead and get started on the next one. And if we have a little extra time, see my cat's trying to come up in here, um, then we'll go ahead and we'll go back to um, Megan. So Peter, he's from the UK, and he says, I keep rebounding from drug addiction. And he actually put recovery, sorry. Um, I've been listening to you, and I think... I just can't forgive myself for screwing up so many times, missing so much of my life, getting so far behind, stealing myself of opportunity. I maybe leave a little part of my disappointment in me, and then it grows until I feel horrible again and then repeat it all. So again, I think there's so much clarity to these people. Um, 
also, you don't listen to a talk show if you're not in this place where you really just want, yeah. um, you know, to get, to get healing and stuff. But I do want to talk about something. And, and you use the word grow until it grows until something horrible. And I repeat it all. So we know that God's light, truth, light grows. Um, Alex said this earlier. We want this relationship with him to grow. We want, um, when we get blessed, little blessings, we, we want them to be given to us, and then we want to multiply them and grow it. Um, everything. It's, it's wonderful. But sin can grow too. Right. And, um, and I think that's what you're talking about. And something that's very helpful is like what at the beginning of the show when we were saying, okay, you give yourself, you can repent and you can, and you know, Christ died for you. But if you don't replace those thoughts and those places, um, with goodness and light, so which it's like the story of the wolves, you know, which are you going to feed? You've got a black one and a white one living in you. And who's going to win? It's the one you feed. So I'm wondering, you know, after you get to one of these places, and maybe you're there now, but really sit back and think, am I really now feeding myself with goodness and light? Am I taking up the spaces in my mind, heart, and soul to, to feed myself with God, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to get to the Word, to listen to praise music, whatever feeds your soul in a positive way. So that another thing is using your gifts. Um, like Alex, you know, she came here with no understanding of, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? But she used her gifts and that starts to multiply and grow things in a good way. And so both of those things, I just want you to think on um, purpose, you know, use your gifts with purpose. And so you're, you're not so stuck on like um, consequences or falling back on your old plans. Okay. I've rambled enough, Alex. What do you got? <laughs> well, I wanted to say to him too, I think that addiction so much is the symptom and we need to get to the core because um, we sometimes focus on the symptom of sin, but we don't go to the core of why we've turned to those addictions. And so I think he's got to go to the place where that core wound opened where he decided to make those decisions to go down that stretch of the drug addiction and so what happens is drug addiction then causes you to make wrong decisions and you know you, you're messing up you yourself your, your people around you and then it just puts you on a downward spiral because now this mess so you're focusing on the mess rather than the, the cause of what made the mess and so I think he's got to go there with the Lord and he's going to go okay God what is the open door is it rejection is it abandonment is it abuse uh physical sexual you know whatever because there's always a route and we've got to allow Jesus to come to that route take that out like you said replace it with something the Holy Spirit is the key and then you have to renew your mind every step forward is a win don't you can't change your past you can't go back Every step forward is a win. And so you just got to keep, even if you mess up, guess what? God's got grace for you tomorrow. His mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. so get up and realize, hey, I want to deal with the source and then I'm going to move forward into freedom. Yeah, you know, are there, um, you know, there's many different recovery programs that are faith-based or not, and I would definitely suggest that. If if not, we're going to hope that you don't even have to be back in this again, but you can message me, by the way, um, if you're listening, and I'll send you an email that just says, please message me back and try to connect you up with some good resources to Peter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think of the talents and and getting yourself in a place where you're using feeling useful your focus will definitely be more on that than this other place but you said something about the addiction and of the past and how it kind of is built in you and I'm, I've had other people talk about this and they say that that's just who they are and that it's and they have an addictive personality and I, I don't know if you can shed some light on this for us a little bit, but I, I always think of, yeah, we have the sins of our fathers and our forefathers in us, and there's a lot of them. And I think, I mean, I hate to get a whole nother subject. We won't go down this path, but I mean, even things like I think lesbian and homosexual activity, there's things that I think are built in from the past and stuff. But again, this is flesh. 
and there's something more powerful than flesh. So, um, you know, what's your thought on like, oh, I'm, I have an addictive personality or how that well, can have I, a foothold? Yeah, I believe that there are iniquities in our life. That's why um, there's transgressions, which are the act of sin. There's the iniquity, which is the intent and the bent towards sin. And then there's sins, you know, deeds of the flesh. And those iniquities get passed down generationally. And so just like we inherited a new bloodline when we accepted salvation, that blood of Jesus can transfuse and actually cut off our generational patterns. And I talk about that too in my book with the generational patterns, but you can actually come out of agreement with those iniquities from your forefathers, grandfathers, grandparents, and actually say, God, whatever sins are in my family line, I come out of agreement and I renounce and denounce them. And now I'm a new creation. And so you didn't make my new creation uh, addictive. I want to be addicted to you and that's about it. But you Mm -hmm. didn't make, you didn't make, you know, one of the fruits of the spirits is self-control. And so exercising that fruit of the spirit is when we're in the spirit, this is why we need the Holy Spirit, will actually help us come out of that lifestyle into a new pattern. Renew your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this Romans 12 too. Um, When we're renewing our mind, so many of us feel like, well, we don't know what God wants us and how we're supposed to move forward. We don't need to know. Alex said this earlier and I was picking up on it too, is when we're with God, He is redirecting our steps. Now, if you want to live in the world and you want to go out and try new things and try to be good and good person and all this, you're going to have some cause and effect and there'll be good things from that. But wouldn't you rather go out with God and the Holy Spirit and be redirected and have new doors open and life is so much easier? And so, yeah, I mean, I just, Peter, I don't know where you're at with that, but I'm going to message you and... And I think you wouldn't be reaching out on this show if you if you weren't really ready to yeah. get rid of this once and for all. So, all right, we are down to just the last minute, Alex. I wish our time wasn't over, but you guys stay with us. Um, next week we come back and on Living Within the Sweet Spot, we talk about our free will and it's down to the choice. We've heard a lot about what the problem is when we don't forgive. We heard what the gospels are, what the word tells us about forgiving. We've now heard with Alex what our gifts are if we forgive. And now next week we're going to be looking at what the choice is. We have free will to do it and step into it or not. All right, we'll see you next time on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.